Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Of course, we are on uh, day three of a new era in conservative media here on on Blaze Media. Uh, We have uh, detached ourselves from the mother's milk of alternative media, big tech ad placement and distribution and prominence in order to go directly to you with our brand new Blaze News website. And if you haven't seen it, man, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. So much great news there. So much great commentary there. Uh, investing heavily, we are as a company, uh, into investigative reporting as well. So uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, Theblaze.com. If you haven't been in a while, it looks completely new and different. And uh, it's a massive upgrade. It's so, it's so sleeker. Uh, without all the ads and everything else. So there's no question the content is better and the presentation is better. The question is whether we can afford to do this or not. (laughs) So you guys are going to determine that for us. All right, but we're we're stepping out on this ledge. We're the the first major big conservative media company to do what we all know we're going to have to do and, and maybe as soon as this election cycle the way things are trending. We all know at some point we are going to have to cut the cord in this case uh, and no longer let our enemies determine what gets uh, prominence and, and platformed and distribution and what can be monetized. We all know this. But the problem is right now it's a huge risk. It's not a certain economy at the moment. A lot of, a lot of things are questionable and up for grabs in the economy, but we're taking this risk now because we're going to trust in you that you will support it. All right. So you can go to the new blaze.com, the blaze.com. If you're already a blaze TV subscriber, then your subscription, you just need to log in to the new, uh, the blaze.com and that subscription will carry over. If you're not yet and you want to get them both, it's just seven bucks a month right now. Uh, so it's a tremendous deal to get them both. Just about the cost. You said Aaron of a cup of coffee, right? Yep. All right. Which, uh, speaking of which, if you're into coffee, as Aaron is. Uh, we have a new partner on the show that joined us last week. First Cup Coffee Company. It's a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company that stands for a lot of your core values like family and building community with freshly roasted beans delivered in ground or whole bean texture pods. Even Bulk 11 roast profiles are available. And there's a free there's a flavor for every freedom-loving American. And they don't sell you burnt coffee like you get at the big box places. All right. Shipped within days. Aaron, you've had a chance to try it. Give us our first initial review. Yeah, I have a confession to make. I've I've often said, I like coffee, but I'm not a coffee snob. Yes, I am. Okay. I know bad coffee when I taste it. And I had some of this the other night. I had the John Hancock. That was really good. I had it delivered whole bean, which I like to, to grind up myself. Had a little bit of that stuff. It was legitimately good. And it's not like it's not like you're paying an arm and a leg for this stuff either. It's really good deal. If you go on their website, firstcup.com, use promo code Steve. Uh, promo code Dace. Dace, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's I was right. literally reading it off the s- screen, and I said, Steve. <laughs> That's okay. And he, and by the way, these are sold in one-pound bags, uh, not 16 or 8-ounce. I'm sorry, not 8 or 12-ounce bags. All right, so go to firstcup.com. As uh, Aaron just said, use the code Dace. You'll save an additional 10% off. And if you subscribe 
Uh, you can get an additional 10% off for the life of your subscription as well. Firstcup.com. Use the code DACE. All right, three non-political questions coming your way uh, next hour. Theology Thursday, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston from Prestonwood Baptist will be here with us. And we, we are going to give you a preview of the just-released Know Thy Enemy Nefarious Bible Study. That is coming your way next hour here on the show. And then at the bottom of the hour... Actor Kevin Sorbo will be joining us. But until then, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by White Smoke. As you heard towards the end of yesterday's show, the House GOP finally got behind a candidate for Speaker of the House, which means we have a new Speaker of the House. And that's Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson. Johnson started his term out with these words from behind the podium. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is very clear that that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, And I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it. And then there's this, an old clip of Speaker Johnson surfaced yesterday as well. In the aftermath of the death of George Floyd, he was on PBS and had these words. And I've thought often through all these ordeals over the last couple of weeks about the difference in the experiences between my two 14-year-old sons, Michael being a black American and Jack being white, Caucasian. They have different uh, challenges. Uh, My son, Jack, has an easier path. He just does. The interesting thing about both of these kids, Michael and Jack, is they're both handsome, articulate, really talented kids, gifted by God to do lots of things. But the reality is, and no one can tell me otherwise, my son Michael had a harder time than my son Jack is going to have simply because of the color of his skin. And that's a reality. It's an uncomfortable, painful one to acknowledge. But people have to recognize that's a fact. Oh, no! We suck again! Speaker Johnson giveth and Speaker Johnson taketh away. We do have some breaking news this hour. A bulletin has been handed down from the State Department, likely about those American hostages in Gaza. Quote, statement from Matthew Miller, spokesperson. Today, in celebration and recognition of Intersex Awareness Day, we affirm the United States' commitment to promoting and protecting the human rights of intersex persons globally. As President Biden stated in his 2021 memorandum on advancing human rights of LGBTQI plus persons around the world, it's the policy of the United States to pursue an end to violence and discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity or expression and sex characteristics. Moving on during a virtual town hall with reporters in Iowa, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis reiterated that Donald Trump should indeed show up to debates. Remember, October of 2020, that first debate with Biden. Biden beat him in that debate, and and that was really incredible that he allowed that to happen. But that's people remember that. I think that had a real significant impact uh, in the election. And we saw in Florida, Trump's numbers started to decline after that. So so he's got to show that 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 he can that he can do this. I think it's a different guy in 23 than he was in 2016. I think he was energetic, freewheeling back then. I think it was really about America first. Now, I think you know, he's on the teleprompter. Most of the stuff he's talking about is about himself and, and his issues. Uh, and that's not the inspiring message that's going to be able to win the day with the American people. But look, I think he should debate. 
And I'm willing to allow him to bring his teleprompter to the debate if that's what he wants to do, and we will just do it like that. DeSantis also announced that close to 700 Americans have been evacuated from Israel to Florida thanks to that executive order he signed, which authorized charter planes to fly Americans home. Meanwhile, in Franklin, Tennessee, during a municipal election there this week, an entire slate of MAGA-branded candidates lost. That's a district Trump carried by 26 points. And finally, on today's montage, there's no haha kicker. Instead, a public service announcement that could save your life. Okay, I want to show you a little secret um, a guy taught me from the American Rangers. And he always said, you know, in a tactical situation, the sound of Velcro you can hear it a mile away, and everybody knows that sound of Velcro. It's and, uh, well, I'll show you. So here we have a Velcro pouch, and this is the sound that gives you away in the tactical situation. And so he taught me a method of opening the Velcro so that if you do it right, no one will hear the Velcro. Okay, and it's real fast. And so the Velcro, I've got it on as best as I can get it on. And this is what he taught me. Ah! And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> that reminds me one time, man. I pitched an entire game in Little League, and Dave comes and picks me up after the game, and my arm was really sore. And I was whining about it the whole time. And <clears throat> he's like, hey, man, is your right arm sore? I said, yeah. So give me your left arm. I said, all right. And he punched my left arm like right there on the side. You see, I was like, ow. I said, see, now your right arm doesn't hurt anymore. Kind of reminded me of that, you know. <laughs> the endless wisdom of Dave. <laughs> Aaron's montage brought to you by Patriot Mobile. For a decade now, they have been America's only American wireless provider and when i say the only trust me they are the only that's why we're big supporters of them on this show that's why our family made the switch in fact to patriot mobile as well they offer dependable nationwide coverage giving you access to all three of the major networks you can switch at any time outstanding customer service too and you can now directly support a company that doesn't hate you but supports the same values that you do as well they've got a hundred percent u.s based customer service team what does that mean steve well, it means you can understand them. That helps. Uh, and you can keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade if you'd like to do that. Their team will help you find the best plan and cater it to your needs. So just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve today. Uh, if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go there to make the switch. They've got extra ways to say thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can you can uh, you know just use the offer code Steve to get a free activation at patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Coming up later today in the overtime, I don't know yet because I just realized we forgot to talk about it. So we'll figure something out. <laughs> we will. <laughs> All right. Let's get to, uh, let's get to Aaron's montage. Um, let me take these from the, t the ones I want to talk about. Let me take them from the top here. On the Mike Johnson stuff, uh, let me say, and I love the way that you framed it, Aaron, uh, giveth and taketh away, straight up, that is the most important thing that ha wh wh how he gaveled in the session yesterday as speaker with the clip that you showed yeah no doubt about biblical responsibility yeah, no doubt. that is the most important thing that has been said in the chamber of the house of representatives at least this year 
and and maybe longer. So props for that. Um, I've seen people on uh, saying, well, man, why are we dredging up these old clips of what he said in the in the aftermath of George Floyd? Everybody was talking on the, on the not everybody was, was doing that. I mean, you know, um, but OK. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, much much of the Trump administration was it was echoing the same kinds of, you know, virtue signals and sentiments and talking points. But here's here's the thing. OK, nobody knows who this guy is. If you didn't see the conversation I had with Daniel Horowitz yesterday, I mean, I, I think I've proven I've, I'm fairly well informed. Is that is that okay to say without yeah. you know you know separating my shoulder to pat myself on the back too much? Sure. I mean, have I demonstrated I'm at least fairly well informed? Yes. I'm not omniscient, but I'm fairly well informed. Uh, one of my best friends works where? In Congress. In Congress. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know or have met several members of Congress. I have never heard the name Mike Johnson until 72 hours ago. And he's been there for 12 years. I'd never heard the name. I can't think of a... And some people said, wow, you didn't hear the great stuff he did in committee meetings. I got to tell you, unless it's chip, maybe, I don't pay attention to anything that goes on in committee meetings. Typically, we don't spend a lot of time on the show ever talking about it or breaking it down because it's just all grandstanding. The reason if it's Chip, I'll do it is because I know that Chip would actually try to do something if given the chance. That so so no, you know. And I used to I used to pay a lot of attention, man. And 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 in, in older iterations of this show, likely before you two came on board, we would play clips of committee meetings and stuff all the time. And I remember the Benghazi committee, man. And we were on that every night back when we were on Salem nine to midnight. And oh, man, we were so psyched. And Jen and Rebecca and I are giving each other high fives watching Trey Gowdy just just depant Hillary Clinton, right? When she said, what difference does it make? You know what? Didn't make a difference. She was right, actually. <laughs> Unintentionally. Not, yeah. not the way that she meant. Right. But what she said turned out, sadly, to be factually true. It made no difference. And Trey Gowdy was just another guy, all hat, no cattle, figured out. If I give you guys a talking point you want, nothing else will be demanded of me so no I, I i'm sure that he worked very well in the committee stuff but i never heard his name i never heard his name now i will say several people who i like and respect have come out and said they think this is a very good choice and so i'm i'm open and i like i just said a few minutes ago how he gaveled in yesterday and what he told them about their their divine responsibility is the most important thing that's been said in that chamber at least this year but we don't know who this guy is, and we would like to know. And it's okay to know, and, and it's okay to vet your employees or do whatever the hell you want with them, because they're your employees. So treat them accordingly, and don't let anybody ever talk you out of it, including me. Treat them accordingly. Um, on the DeSantis... Uh, bringing his uh, telling Trump he can bring his teleprompter to the debates. I love this kind of tactic. Okay, um, I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of Kirk trying to tempt Khan into entering the Motara Nebula. I'm laughing at the superior intellect, basically. You know, trying to 
play to his ego uh, and get him uh, to join him on the debate stage. Here's the only thing, though. Like what we said about Matt Gates, we apply standards evenly as best as we can on this show. And, and Ron right now, that's my guy. I've made that pretty plain, okay? But if you're going to call the hand, better have the nuts. Know what I'm saying? Sure. All right. Because if, you know, you better have something more in store than, well, let's just get Khan in the Mutara Nebula and see what happens. No? Okay? You better, have a, you better be able to deliver. If you're going to do that, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna really go after Trump on the basis of where he is the most provocable ego. And you are finally able to get him to say, all right, enough of this. Okay. Better be ready. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Better be ready. Fair? Sure. Okay. That being said, everything he said about the debate last year with Joe Biden is correct. That first debate was a disaster. I remember being at Dallas at the Blaze. We were all demoralized watching it. I, I don't know. Apparently, Rudy Giuliani was the debate coach for Trump and said, just go on TV because people don't see you do this enough and be the biggest douchebag you can possibly be. I mean, that first debate was a disaster. And remember, the whole summer, all of us were like, just wait till we get Joe Biden on the debate stage in the country seat. You see, we, mm-hmm. we did all those shows. All We did that show. Everybody did that show all summer long. So, so that's one of the reasons why I'm saying this to the DeSantis team now. Because when we were all on the Trump team in, the, in that general election, we were like, just get him on the debate stage and our guy will. Jeb Bush him. Right? Right? And remember how hyped up and pumped we were going into that first debate? And we're thinking... Everybody's going to see Dementia Joe ain't got it. Well, they found a dose of Adderall that allows an octogenarian to remain standing erect and salient without just completely buzzing out. So props to the apothecary in the Democratic Party (laughs) who came up with that witch's brew, that blend. Man, hey, hate the game, not the player. All right. And and whoever came up with got to find the right eye of newt and wing of bat in here to balance it out. All right. Because we we want at least people that we want Joe Biden standing up, but he better blink every now and then or people are going to wonder what the hell is this? Okay, so, I mean, the, the DNC apothecary is the like. Uh, the the X Factor MVP of the last election cycle. <laughs> All right. But man, Trump looked terrible in that debate. Terrible. And really inexcusable, given who the opponent was. So you called Joe Biden out all summer long, all fall long, running a basement campaign, the basement dummy, all of it true, by the way. Okay. Well, when the cameras roll and we put our cards on the table, Better have the nuts, right? Sure. Same thing here. You're going you're gonna to call him out at this level, and then maybe eventually he's like, okay, you get one crack at me, kid. All right. Better be ready to deliver then. That's all. Okay. <clears throat> um, the, the, the MAGA candidate issue. So there have been, by my count, 34 now, I believe is the number. 34 either special or off-year elections around the country. And Republicans haven't lost all of these. They have, they've only just lost most of them. And they have underperformed comprehensively. What was the stat that I had a couple weeks ago from 538? Democrats are outperforming in these races based on 
uh, voter demographic breakdown by an average of nine points in these in these races. Okay, and now every situation is unique. For example, I got this text yesterday from Gary Humble uh, with Tennessee Stands, who's been on our show before. Okay, and he lives in this area, uh, Franklin, Tennessee. And I'll just share with you his text. He said, my race last year for state Senate against a 16-year incumbent rhino showed strong for conservatives in this area. I got 49% of the vote overall, 54% on election day. That is a strong showing against a pretty entrenched incumbent. That is a strong showing. We had the goods in our county and the base to clean sweep this race in Franklin. So what he is saying is this demographics, this should not have occurred. Okay. That you're always, when you take on an incumbent, particularly one with that, with that kind of entrenchment, and if you've ever been to Franklin County, Tennessee, a lot of people there not lacking for money. Okay. So chances are he's also fairly well-heeled as a candidate, probably fairly well-funded as, as an incumbent. So if, if you're losing to him 51 to 49, then that is that he, Gary is correct. That you'd want to win, obviously, but overall, that is a strong showing for the conservative base in that area. Okay, that's what he's saying. All right, and and this race was just last year. So his other point is demographics didn't change that much in one year. So what happened here? The top of the ticket here in our community, Gabrielle Hansen, proved to be one of the worst candidates in history and took the whole ticket down with her. She's absolutely crazy. Keep in mind, man. This is coming from the guy, a guy at Tennessee Stands who challenges rhinos from the right in primaries. And the last time I went and spoke in Tennessee, I had people say, man, this guy's really radical and upsetting people. This is coming from him. OK, one of us. All right. There's more to this to her story. But in a nutshell, this was a few well-meaning conservatives who built an effort around a candidate that was flawed beyond measure. And now the establishment is working hard to spin the narrative that the conservative is right is crazy and should not be trusted. Now, this isn't what is happening all over the country. Things are not going well on the right. And, and because of the obsession with polls, there's a reason why we do so many stories on polls and not much else. Because everywhere else, things are not going well. Only in polls. Like we said yesterday, you had the Joe Biden super PAC came out with a poll yesterday that showed he was losing to Trump in the swing states. What did I ask both of you yesterday? What are the odds a year from now at this time there is a Democrat super PAC, whether it's Joe Biden, douche, some big Mike, whoever the Democrat nominee is versus whoever the Republican nominee is. What are the odds that at this time next year, a Democrat super PAC comes out with a poll that shows the Democrats losing in swing states? What do you think those are? Those odds are like, give me an idea of what would be similar odds. Do you think um, a monkeys flying out of my butt? B. Um, I have better abs, washboard abs than Joe Osteen. C, um, Aaron never has to say in the next calendar year to Todd, please hide your earpiece. Tuck it in. D, Aaron will open the front door at his home when somebody knocks. All right. So I put all those things probably on par. Pick one. Okay. All those, 
All those things are on par with the odds that this time next year, we're all going to gather around in a circle and get our collective jollies off of Democrat Super PAC says they're losing the swing states, guys. I mean, if that's coming from them, it's got to be true, right? Right. But then there's the elections and we're getting our asses kicked. Bad. Every situation is unique, like what Gary just articulated here in Tennessee. But what he's also really telling you is there's no excuse for this. Absolutely no excuse. Given the demographics of this community, this should have never happened. So then why did it? Why did it? Maybe. Maybe, just just maybe. Hear me out here, guys. Correct me if I'm, and I'll let you respond, okay? Maybe the quality of the candidate matters. You know, when people go and vote, again, remember, there's a great big world outside of the sliver of the consistently engaged that we all inhabit. That's sad. Do I sound happy about that? No. No. Is that good for our republic? No. No. Is it true? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Nevertheless, it is true. And in this great big world, like we'll say to each other, you're not voting for a candidate, you're voting for a platform. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, good. Do they, in the great world that exists outside of the sliver of the universe we inhabit, do they do that? No. No. No, they, they don't. Nobody ever went on a ballot and filled in the bubble that said Republican Party platform. No one, no one's ever done that. Remember the time the one of the state leaders in Iowa told you he had no idea what was on the platform. Yes, that? yeah. Good. Especially when you're yeah, in a party times. that constantly abandons and yes. betrays its platform and really doesn't even know what's in it. Yes, exactly. So people vote for now. Follow me here. Follow me. It's going to be a radical assertion. People vote. People. So since people vote for people, maybe the people you put up to represent you to other people and their presentation or character, um, um, capabilities, on some level, matters? Discuss. Steve, uh, what about this take? Uh, this one came in hot and heavy right after the montage. Aaron McIntyre's absolute glee reporting that Republicans lost their elections happy because they're MAGA, which means nothing, BTW, is kind of gross. What team are you guys on? I want the commies to win. If they beat people who like Trump, we're screwed. Your thoughts on that? Just absolute glee. Here's your sign. When was the last time I was gleeful about anything, Steve? Care, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can, call me happy. Can that be smoked? <laughs> smoked oh, glee. That's perfect. You nailed that. That was that was phenomenal. Yes. Anyway, finish your point. Todd. Well, isn't still have a a base problem here uh, people are the problem here it, 
Like the, this is happening all over the place. Th these, these are the people that are being selected. And the people that are putting themselves there forward are coming from this community. Our, our like entire ecosystem is rotten. There's no scapegoating it. How does this woman that Carrie described even become? Yes, exactly. in that gene pool. Yeah, it, 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 but nobody the, knew her in a, in that community. She just called herself MAGA, and then that instantly bestowed upon her righteousness. There was no vetting whatsoever. But but that's that story there. This is happening everywhere. Right, everywhere. Yeah. So I. We got to look internally at ourselves, our own motivations, how much we like the show versus how much we like principle. I, I, it, it will always ultimately come back to us. We get the government we deserve. I'm old enough to remember. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember. I was old enough to remember when uh, when it was a huge deal and a harbinger of 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 Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis's electoral chances that he endorsed a Jacksonville mayoral candidate who, uh, who didn't win, even though that campaign was advised by Susie Wiles, who's on Trump's campaign. You guys remember that? I do. Yeah. 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 So for anybody thinking, yeah, it's just a municipal election, well, you know, go check your Twitter history. This is the time. I don't think anybody here looks gleeful. I've been the one saying throughout the, since this year began that you have to win the next election. I mean, have to. Have to. I mean, just what is at stake? Basic stuff, man. Like, can can I buy a car? If I if, even if I have good credit, can I afford one? If you have good credit, can I get a house? Stuff that we have typically taken for granted around here. OK, I mean, we have to win. So. We're not right now, and now's the time to have these kinds of conversations before it's too late. Or we can do what we always do, which is lie to each other for clicks yeah. and then get our ass kicked. Chances are that's probably what we'll do. You know, we all deal with chronic pain from time to time, especially as we get older. You know, you can lose weight, you can keep active and all those great things. But, you know, we still get older. The, the joints don't get older and they can become man hubs and receptors for inflammation in the body. And that's probably the source of your chronic pain. So what you're looking for is a drug free anti-inflammatory, if possible. Hey, it's not always possible to go drug free. You know, and that's why, you know, since penicillin, man, for the last hundred plus years, there have been a lot of great miracle drugs that have saved a lot of lives. But... You know, those drugs, if, if used on a consistent basis, can also tax other organs and systems in the body as a trade-off. So if you can do it drug-free, go for it. We think that this may be an option for you. It's called Relief Factor. It was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs, but they also were looking for a drug-free solution. And, and we think there's about 70% odds that it's going to work for you. Now, where did we get that number? Well, because over time, people that have tried the three-week quick start for just 1995, about 70% of the time, they hang around. Uh, and become uh, you know, part of Relief Factor long-term because of the results they see in three weeks or less. So if you want to put them to the test for three weeks for 20 bucks to see if you don't see a difference in your pain, what do you got to lose? Just go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. You know, it's been an interesting year, and I think a very promising year 
uh, for faith-based filmmaking. My own venture into this uh, world with nefarious aside, what I have enjoyed seeing is that we have told more mature stories, right? We've talked about that all year long. Um, You actually see Greg Laurie and his wife in the depths of hippie drug culture. And so later, when you see their conversion, I think it's even more potent and impactful now that you have a realistic portrayal of, of where it is that they came from. You know, with Nefarious, we tried to show a very realistic portrayal of demonic evil and, and not the, 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 the gory, cartoonish escapades and um, caricatures that uh, dominate much of mainstream media. Or Hollywood. You look at a film like Sound of Freedom uh, that shows, uh, you know, the very uh, gritty and dark world, kind of almost a faith-based eight millimeter uh, delving into the uh, the seedy underbelly of human trafficking. Well, this is something new. Then I'm I'm and I watch I watch the trailer during the break and I am very intrigued to see how this will turn out. It's a brand new film. Miracle in East Texas and uh, the star and the director, Kevin Sorbo, joins us now here on the program. Kevin, it's a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? Good to see you again. I'm doing great. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. So I want to start there because this is not something that uh, we've tried a lot of. Uh, There was a a, a faith-based film a few years ago my wife and I went and saw. I think it was called Date Night, actually, and it was very well done. All right. It's kind of a faith-based comedy. Um, And so we're often uh, accused of being humorless screeds. Okay. So you're trying to break that stereotype with this film. You chose this story to try and be the vehicle for it. Why? Uh, Because it's a great script and it's a true story. Um, Dan Gordon wrote the script. He's an amazing writer. He's an Oscar-nominated writer. He wrote uh, The Hurricane for Denzel Washington, White Earth for Kevin Costner. He wrote 60 episodes of Highwood Heaven for Michael Landon. He's just a great writer. He wrote the script originally over 30 years ago for Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And those two guys loved the script. They never got together again in terms of trying to figure out the timing and everything. So Mm -hmm. just sat around collecting dust. But Dan and I did a movie about five years ago called Let There Be Light that he co-wrote with my wife. Had a very good run. In fact, we opened number two per screen average against Thor Ragnarok. So here's a $3 million movie up against a $300 million movie. And it did very well. So he brought the script to me. We were lucky enough to raise the money for it. And um, I directed it as well. We got a great cast with Sean, um, I mean, I'm sorry, with uh, my wife Sam's in it, of course. And then we got, we got Lucas Jr.'s in it. We got him, actually a little, little poster for it right there. And uh, John Ratzenberg and Lugas. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, true story about these two con men that went through Oklahoma and Texas right in the heart of the Depression in 1930. And they would woo widows out of their money on fake oil wells. Well, they strike oil in East Texas in Kilgore. And it's up being the largest oil fund in the history of the world. The trouble was everywhere they went, they sold 500% of the shares. So <laughs> five times above its average. So they get arrested, of course. And during the court trial, all the widows who were ripped off show up. And while we're waiting sentencing, in walks a guy by the name of L.D. Hines. Uh, we changed a different name, but it was really a gentleman by the name of Hunt. And people know anything mm-hmm. about the Hunt family. Um, that's how he became a very, very wealthy, wealthy man. He made all the widows wealthy around us. It made the, the that part of Kilgore, Texas, right in the heart of depression, just brought them out of poverty, blacks and white people alike. And uh, my character says, while we're still in jail, what about us? 
we found the oil. He said, he said, yeah, but son, you're going to get your freedom and freedom ain't free. Hmm. So uh, this movie's won 10 film festivals, everything from best romantic comedy to best faith film to best uh, audience favorite, judges favorite. It kind of goes all across the boards. It's a wonderful PG rated movie. It opens this weekend, the 29th and 30th of October. Please go to SorboStudios.com, get tickets now. Because here's the, here's the obstacle we have with in independent films. How do you get them out there? You know, we have a $3 million budget. We don't have a $100 million advertising budget like they do on all these Spider-Man and Thor movies. We got to compete against that. I did a little movie called God's Not Dead and a $2 million budget made $140 million worldwide. It's, uh, it, it was unheard of, but it was all because of word of mouth. And people ask me all the time, hey, keep making movies like you're making for families. Well, here's another one, but you guys, you need to get out there and support it and buy those tickets right now at SorboStudios.com or Hollywood Wins the Culture War because you see the crap they're putting out there amen and you know my audience is very well aware of the travails of trying to to penetrate the the mainstream hollywood theater system with a three million dollar independent film because i walked them through our own process with that earlier this year via well, nefarious it, it's funny you mentioned nefarious because you know those guys my first two movies were with those mm -hmm. guys what if directed by Dallas Jenkins in God's Not Dead. Mm -hmm. They sent me the script in Nefarious. I loved it. I'm very jealous Sean got that part. I wanted that part. Sean's <laughs> a good friend of mine, Sean Patrick Flannery. So he did a great job in it. It's an amazing movie. I know you brought up Sound of Freedom, and Sound of Freedom had a bigger budget. They had $15 million behind it, another $10 million behind it. They needed $50 million bucks to break even. Well, it exploded, of course, and did incredibly well. Mm. So we need people out there to support my movie like uh, and support movies like Nefarious by word of mouth. We need people to get the word out there and support these movies. Can I ask a, just a off-road question, uh, if you don't sure. mind, for just a second? I, I grew up, man, and I, I loved Cheers. Okay, I, I've got to know. What is Cliff Clavin like in real life, man? I, I need to know the answer to that. Okay, what is it? What is he like? We had a blast. You know, we met a number. I actually did an episode of Cheers in the last season. I had a couple lines in one of their last seasons on there. Um, but John, John and I were in What If together. And he plays an angel. I mean, I've done over 80 movies. What If is in my top three movies. I like it better than God's Not Dead. I think it's a much better movie. I would. I wish they'd put it back out there again. But John plays this curmudgeon, smart-ass angel who comes to heaven begrudgingly telling me that God has given me a what if, that I'm on the wrong road that God intended me to be on. It's a very funny, very entertaining, and very touching movie. Well, when I got the script for this, and I went online to look who these guys were, when I saw D.H. Everett, the character that he played, Doc Everett, he looks just like the guy from 1930. <laughs> and I said, John, you got to play us. And he loved the script and he was fantastic. In fact, when you see the movie, please stay through the credits because right away in the credits, we show outtakes. And John is very, very, very funny in the outtakes. And it's not, it's not, some of us, you know, I messed up a line, he meant whatever, something like that. But and, and, and this case was, is not like that. I'll give you an example. One of the outtakes is John was, we were wooing this widow to try to get money out of her. And all of a sudden, a huge, huge thunder rips across the sky above us. John just stopped and looked at the widow and said, you'll have to excuse me, but that's my indigestion. It shows you how powerful that I really am. <laughs> so it was, but it was just funny, you know, and he was easy to work with. And I'm a big fan of Cheers. And if people know, too, John's in every Pixar movie. He's the voice of every Pixar movie as mm -hmm. some character. Yeah. I, I got watching the trailer. I got kind of a, oh, brother, where art thou vibe. Is that fair? 
I, I got a little bit of that kind of a vibe. Maybe they stole it from that story. I don't know. But this, you know, somebody said it's kind of the producers as well. But this was in 1930 before any of that stuff actually happened. But uh, it does. It's it's a it's a very funny movie. It's a very touching movie, and it's got redemption in it. It's got hope in it. It's got um, it's a pro oil. It's pro capitalism. It's pro America. It's it's pro um, everything. I love the people that attack me doing a movie like this, saying, "Yeah, but we got to get rid of oil." So I want to tell these hypocrites out there that they need to they need to start walking the walk by getting rid of their oil products. Mm-hmm. Uh, your phone, your computer, your hairbrush, your clothing, right. your car. Right. We could list things that go on and on and on. But I think there's the ignorance out there. People have no idea how valuable oil is to our country. Right. I mean, the amount of products that are made that are petro-based goes far beyond yeah. your internal combustion engine. And a lot of people yeah. don't understand that. Yeah. They just read a Sierra Club pamphlet once in college. So, yeah, you're right. There you go. So, <laughs> can you I, explain to our audience, because I, I, speaking around, the when I do speaking engagements, Kevin, I have been highlighting this year, the, the importance of us investing in storytelling. What, what blew me away, I mean, I, I have been very privileged with the platform and career God has given me. I've, I've had a chance to write best-selling books, be on national TV. I've never done anything that generated the level of response that our quaint little $3 million movie did. And it blew my mind. Thousands yeah. of emails poured it and made me think, what kind of a stronghold when you make a $100 million movie or a $200 million movie like Marvel and Pixar make constantly, the amount of people that respond to that level of success, I mean, it just blows my mind to see how many people responded to just our modest form of success. And, it, and, and, and the amount of difficulty it took for us to get this movie made and out to market, brother, it's way more difficult than anything I've done politically. And I've been on campaigns for president of the United States. Yeah. I've never seen anything close to the spiritual resistance uh, that it took to get this movie out and into the market, which tells me that, you know, politics may be a battlefield, but storytelling and pop culture is the enemy's stronghold. And he doesn't want to let anything into that that might shine a little bit of light from people like us. And so that tells me this is a space that we need to be more uh, intensive about uh, and intentional about invading, because that's where persuasion maybe the last place where people will let you persuade them still is with storytelling. Yeah, well, Miracle in Texas is just like any of that that movie as well, Nefarious. It's a miracle any of these movies get made because it's it's creative chaos and it's crazy. One, number one, you can have an idea, but then you got to hope somebody likes the idea. Then you got to find a scriptwriter to write the idea, and then you got to find a studio or somebody to, to fund it. I mean, it goes on and on and on to get anything down out there at all. And that's why we need people to support these movies. Andrew Breitbart, rest in peace, was a dear friend of our families. Uh, started Blaze TV, and he's one who said politics runs downstream from culture. Culture is run by Hollywood. It's run by the mainstream media. And they've got all the power. They're very organized in their hate and their anger and their messaging. They know what they're doing. They get it out there. And they'll have $100 million to promote the movies that they put out there. You see Disney with all the woke craziness. They're going to lose over a billion dollars this year. If you're a stockholder in Disney, I think you're a little upset with what they've done because if you're going to lose a billion dollars every year, you're not going to be around very much as a business. Mm -hmm. So I think they need to. It's amazing to me they've been holding on that long with this messaging that they keep doing over and over again. I want to do messages that Hollywood used to do. That's why I do the independent movies I do that have great stories, great character arcs, great, you know, things that people can relate to. It's not all visual effects, which all these Marvel movies and everything's 70% cartoon. It's a visual, it's a, it's like watching a game, you know? So to me, it's, I'm going to keep making these movies. I, I, I think Hollywood might wake up to it. The independent world is definitely growing and getting bigger and bigger because the quality of camera work and scripts are just as good as anything they put out, except we put out movies with a positive message instead of a negative one 
last thing, back to uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean told me a few months ago. Now, maybe it's changed since then. But Sean told me a few months ago. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy that starred in one of the most popular cult classic films of all time. All right. Uh, he was in a lot of major Hollywood movies in the 90s and 2000s. You, of course, sure. were in one of the biggest television series of that era. OK. And he I asked him, I said, hey, a lot of your old Hollywood friends, have they at least quietly maybe they don't want to say it publicly because of the subject matter, but they've at least quietly reached out to you and said, hey, man, that was a hell of a performance. Great job. Not my cup of tea, you know, maybe not my belief system, but I can respect your craft. And that was exceedingly well done. You know what he told me, Kevin? Wow. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody said a word to him about his performance, not even his agent. Almost as if they wanted to pretend this movie was never made. Have you run into that? Um, I think I've had a little more success with people coming up to me and saying something, but probably not much more. Um, But I've had people come up to me at airports or whatever and say, man, I'm an atheist or, you know, I'm a fan. I like I like you in Hercules. I saw your movie. God's not dead. You know, I'm not a Christian like you are, but I thought it was actually a pretty good movie. To me, that's a little bit of a win. But here's the thing. I mean, I mean, like your peer group, the people, you know, when you were in mainstream Hollywood that you have relationships with right now, I've had about every movie I've been doing the last six, seven years. I do about three, four movies a year in the independent world. And I've had people come up to me very quietly on the set. It's like they're doing a drug deal with me saying, they're looking around, hey, uh, thanks for being a voice for us and thanks for doing the movies that you're doing. And I go, well, be a voice for yourself. But you know, I got blacklisted. I got, I'm the, I'm a, I'm the original cancel culture guy. A, a dozen years ago, my manager and agent said, we can't work anymore because of your stances and conservatism. I'm like, oh my God. And you're the ones who scream for tolerance all the time. The, mm-hmm. hypocr- the hypocrisy bleeds through again. But I'm getting people say it to me, but I'm trying to wake up the sheep. It's just ridiculous. We need to wake up because the left has such a stronghold on everything with their anger. We need to be just as organized, but not filled with anger and hate. We just got to be not afraid of the truth because the left hates the truth. And we got to get it out there and not be afraid of getting canceled. The heck with it, guys. Wake up because we're losing our country. And this movie is one way to get that message out there. It opens this weekend, theaters nationwide. It's called Miracle in East Texas, based on a true story. It looks pretty interesting. I I, I really enjoyed watching the trailer. I look forward to seeing it. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thoughts on that conversation, gentlemen? Uh, I never fail to be impressed by the long-standing dedication uh, to fighting the good fight, no matter what, of people like him. Because this is not, as he said, I, I do th- about three movies a year. He goes all the way back, you know, Soul Surfer. How old is Soul Surfer, Steve? Mm-hmm. You know, a movie that m- my four daughters absolutely loved. That you was know, a big hit, too. He, he, yeah. he had a part in that. I mean, this is, he, he's gone out of his way to plant his flag uh, in a place that uh, ultimately outcomes are for God, but he's given everybody a chance. He's that we talk about who who will step forward and create the new systems, the new paradigms where people like us can do. Kevin Sorbo has been doing it for, for decades now. What are we prepared to do to follow suit to do our part? Amen. Yeah, and I... I didn't realize this. I don't think a lot of people realize this. And I didn't realize it be- before, you know, you kind of gave us an inside look at what it's like to make an independent film. But folks, it's helter skelter. There's no real infrastructure in place to, you know, the, the making of the sausage to, to have the people in place 
to make some of these movies. And so when Kevin Sorbo says it's a miracle any of these movies gets get made, mm-hmm. he's not joking. He's mm-hmm. not overstating. He's not he's not saying that for effect. It really is a miracle. Now we did have a guest, and I cannot remember his name, uh, with ties here locally. He was in uh, Hollywood, who's working to kind of create that infrastructure. A list of people you you might groups remember. called Hollywood for Freedom. That's the one. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Um, so that's that's a good thing. But as we were talking about on Pop Culture Tuesday, if there was ever a, an opening, a huge opening for just telling good stories and not having it filled with propaganda, not having it, uh, you know, turn into what the left is turning in. It's basically trading places with Christian uh, broadcasting or Christian yep. radio. Yep. If there's ever an opening for that, it's right now, like yesterday. Amen. Right now. Amen. All right, we'll come back hour two. We'll lead it off with Theology Thursday here next. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Thank you for tuning in here today. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. You are you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You'll be glad to know we did come up with what we're going to do with the overtime during the top of the hour break. So we got that figured out. And it's good. And we think it's, it's really good. good. Yeah. From Blaze TV subscribers or for Blaze TV subscribers from us. We'll record it right after today's show and you'll be able to watch it later today at blazetv.com slash dace. But let us know what you think about what we think by email, emailing us steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also, if you are a listener to the podcast, hit subscribe or on iTunes, follow. And so many of you have done that. Please keep doing that. That'll make sure every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. And then also, if you haven't done it yet, leave us a five-star review. And thank you to all of you who have. We are approaching 10,000 on iTunes. We'd love to eclipse that number. And some of you may wonder, why do you guys highlight iTunes so much? I mean, I'm listening on on Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, etc. Well, it's because about two, a little more than two-thirds of all podcasts are on iTunes. So they don't quite have this stranglehold on that genre that Amazon does when it comes to books and books on tape. Uh, but uh, they are clearly the biggest player in the market. And so that is the, the, the most likely way people are accessing the podcast. But uh, no matter where you are, Uh, We appreciate those five-star reviews and all of you. So thank you. Uh, This portion of the show brought to you by friends over at uh, getliverhelp.com from Pure Health Research. Uh, They're concerned about what happens to our livers, particularly as we get older. A lot of tread on those tires when you're talking about one of the most important organs in the body, which helps to take part in over 500 functions. And so when we have a lifetime of whether it's uh, cigarettes or cholesterol, uh, whether it's statins, Tylenols, um, are, that can put a lot of tread on the tires of our liver, livers. They can get fatty as we get older. That can increase the odds of fatty liver can of, of heart disease, and that's already the biggest killer in America, so we don't want to increase those odds all the more. That's why you're looking for this. Um, it is the formula called 
uh, liver help and you can get it or liver health at getliverhelp.com. That's getliverhelp.com. And it's an all natural supplement packed with clinically proven botanicals that will help you recharge and protect your liver. And by going to my dedicated page to get it, getliverhelp.com slash Steve, you'll also get a free bottle of nano powered omega threes as well. So that's a total discount. Of 64% you're looking at, you won't find this offer anywhere else. So go to getliverhelp.com slash Steve. That's getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Once more, getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Well, last week we unveiled the nefarious Bible study, Know Thy Enemy, and that this thing has gotten off to a hot start, and we appreciate it, and we think you will be very, very pleased uh, with this Bible study, if you give it a shot, you can order it now at Amazon.com. When you get the book for the Bible study, there will be a code. I think it's on page four that will allow you to go to know uh, or nefariousbiblestudy.com. And from there, you'll be able to either stream or download the videos to watch with the Bible study. You can do this yourself with a few people in a small group, an entire ministry, if you want to do it. Very, very proud with how this turned out, looking at the topic of spiritual warfare. And it really, a lot of the credit for this goes to Dr. Jeremiah Johnston at Prestonwood Baptist from the uh, C.S. Lewis and Christian Thinkers Society. He does the heavy lifting here. I mean, I'm just I'm just setting him up. And, and you, get a, you get a taste of what's in store for you this week on Theology Thursday. So we are here on the set of the forthcoming Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study curriculum. And my partner and I, I mean that platonically, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston is here. You got to clarify that kind of stuff nowadays, JJ. That's right. All right. So my partner, uh, co-host, see, I caught you there. Uh, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston, I thought we'd hang around a little bit after finishing filming the Bible study and 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 just do a little impromptu Theology Thursday, if you're okay with it. Let's go. And I think, for, first of all, let's tease the curriculum a little bit. Right. I think people are going to be really excited. Mm-hmm. If you look around the set here, this looks awfully familiar. Yeah. All right. I mean, we tried to pattern and model it after Nefarious as much as we could. Now, the two of us cannot hold Jordan and Sean's jock straps in the look department. All right. right. All right. So I, I, I feel I'm filming in for a guy who's been on over a hundred TV episodes, Jordan, you're filling in for a guy that's been in a ton of movies and is a black belt. So you got the tougher end of the bargain, I think, because you throw in the black belt side of things as well. Like I don't make this blue and white look nearly as good as Jordan did, Yeah. but we are attempting to emulate the film Mm -hmm. and, and much of the movie is interview with a demon. It's an atheist sitting down with a demon finding out where all of the stupid stuff he believes truly came from. And if you watch the film, and I know you have, and most of you watching have, over the course of time, this development and, and this knowledge of, of where his belief system came from just absolutely wrecks Dr. James right. Martin, right? We're emulating that, but kind of in reverse. And so instead of an atheist sitting down with a demon, it's a Christian sitting down with a theologian, right? So you might go ahead, throw out some of your credentials a little bit about uh, why you're here and we chose to do this with you. Well, uh, well first, I'm here I'm here because I'm a huge Steve Dace fan. Aww, so I love, I love Theological Check Thursdays, in the mail. you yeah. know, I, but uh, seriously, I mean, I've run into people across the country when I speak or whatever, who'll walk up and say, man, I love hearing you and Steve together. So 
I'm here because oh, well, of that. Thank you. I'm here because of the conversation that various the movie continues to have. You know, those are the great movies, the ones that create conversations, mm-hmm. the ones you can actually remember after you've seen it a few mm-hmm. days later. Um, I, I have the privilege to have studied at the highest levels the intellectual Jerusalem that is Oxford. I'm published in several academic uh, academic reviews and serials that I've written for dozens. But don't hold that against him. <laughs> no, that's All right. right. Yes, yeah. Um, but I'm iron fisted for Jesus Christ underneath those quote unquote credentials. I mean, the calling of my life, I wanted to go to have the same credentials that the apostate Bart Ehrman has, but be iron fisted for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's the distinction with me. And so, um, but I also have a heart for real people, real Christians who are on the front lines. You know, being a Christian thinker, it's not just for the Delta Force Christians like you out there. It's for everybody watching. And so the calling and the passion of my life is to level up Christianity today. We need to level up. You know, the skepticism is at a collegiate level out there. So we've got to up our game uh, theologically. So that's why I love Theological Thursdays. That's why I'm here. I am a New Testament scholar. So I'm a historical Jesus expert. So that means what do the Gospels actually say? What do they mean? Are they reliable? And of course, within the text of the Gospels, there's a lot of demonology that comes out. So that's why we're discussing it. That's why I'm in this chair today. You're on staff at one of the biggest churches in America. Prestonwood Baptist Church, apologetics pastor. Every church in America needs an apologetics pastor. I agree. Um, and then lead a ministry, Christian Thinker Society. And, C.S. Lewis Society. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, fun things. I, I think the coolest thing is I've held the oldest artifacts of our faith, which are the oldest scriptures in my hands. I've mm-hmm. translated them. That's the coolest thing about me. So um, is that I've been to these libraries around the world and held these things in my hands. I went to community college, <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, all right, let's move on. <laughs> but but th- the reason we did this study is because this is the kind of teaching that is sorely lacking totally in the church today, and never more so is it needed than right now. And in fact, let's start there for okay. a second. Is it lacking in the church today because it's needed? Or is it needed because it's lacking in the church today? Meaning, is the fact that the church has not taken confrontation seriously and um, somewhere between purpose and driven and your best life now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and and God wants you to be wealthy and mm-hmm. have washboard abs. Yes. All right. So God our wants per- to airbrush you. Yes. Our pursuits of those things. Is that the reason why it seems to a lot of people, Jeremiah, that our culture is besieged on every side? Um, or did we surrender at the uh, at the onslaught? Meaning, well, did we set the stage for it or surrender at the confrontation? I don't blame the flock. I blame the leaders. Everything you just said is symptomatic of the malignancy in the pulpits today. And I speak as a pastor to pastors. I speak as a Bible scholar to Bible scholars the church is weak, anemic, and breathless today, Steve. Other than that, it has a wonderful singing voice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the the result are what we see. We have we have pastors that get in the pulpit, and we should paint a big A on their chest because they are committing spiritual adultery every Sunday. Mm. They're giving TED Talks, not sermons. Mm. They're giving um, hot takes, fortune cookie theology, bumper sticker Christianity. And frankly, it makes me sick. 
because the word of God is inexhaustible. The word of God does the work of God. And so in the nefarious Bible study, we guide the readers and the students by the hand with us. We've written the Bible study together. It's a six week daily Bible study. But then you and I have facilitated the study by teaching um, in this incredible set right here um, with this amazing crew. And we focus on six different chapters on the Word of God. Of course, you and I are just spouting off other texts throughout the teaching. But we guide the reader by the hand through six key passages. The first three chapters of the Nefarious Bible Study deal with knowing our enemy, because we're not going to defeat the enemy if we don't know him. Aim at nothing, you get nothing. But then the final three is all about equipping and resourcing the believers. And so for everybody that's watching today, you know, we're all concerned about our kids and the lies they're believing. Um, we start the Bible study in Revelation chapter 12, where it just gives a descriptor of Satan that he is the deceiver of the world. I mean, this is why your show is so important. People are so deceived today. And, you know, you never know you're being deceived in the moment, right? Right. You just you back up into it. You don't realize it. And so I think that's where why this Bible study is going to be transformational for pastors, because they're going to unleash this study in their churches. It's going to encourage pastors because of the movie. Thanks to you, Steve Dace. Um, it's given us a door open to the church to make these to bring these conversations back into relevance. We should always be talking about spiritual warfare, but the movie has been the vehicle to make that happen. September. 18th, 2003 is when I became a believer. So I would have just celebrated my 20th birthday as a Christian by the time you guys get to watch this. Praise God. And when, when I moved from sports radio into news radio, and then when we went national, my goal was to, I always wanted to do for a biblical worldview what Rush Limbaugh did for mainstream conservatism. And he, he showed it was marketable. He showed it was, it, it had a place in the, the, the town square and it, mm -hmm. at the city gate and at the, the within the arena for uh, debate. And I wanted to use the talents and abilities God gave me to do the same with a biblical worldview. And that's our prime directive for the show. But over the years, Jeremiah, I've had to do things that I didn't anticipate when I got into this. Right. When this is working right, what I do is downstream from what you do. Mm -hmm. People come and hear people like you on Sundays, and then they're like, okay, well, how do I take what Dr. Johnston just told me, and, and where do I channel this yeah. into specific areas of, of you know, relational or cultural um, priority? And you would tune into somebody like me who would then help you take that discipleship and that worldview, and now we're going to do this with it, right? Right. I have found myself having to actually go back and do some of your job, actually. Right. I've, had, I've, I've had to like teach books of the Bible. I've had yeah. to like teach what the Bible actually says mm -hmm. to the point that I've heard one of the questions I've gotten more than any other, other than why are you and why are you like this? Those are questions I get a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but another question I get a lot is how come I don't hear this from my pastor? Right. And I've heard that question a ton since I started this. So. Let me ask you that question. Why aren't they hearing this from their pastors? Because I think- Or enough that, of them. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and we're talking about the big C church here, mm -hmm. but I, I just want to share an example to answer your question. I was at a church growth conference years ago. Andy Stanley was the keynote speaker and he stood up and he said, I don't preach the, the Bible verse by verse because that's boring. And Steve, I got to tell you, I stood up and left. I don't preach the Bible verse by verse because it's boring. Listen, this this Bible is inexhaustible. And I listen, I I approach this as a critical thinking Christian. 
I don't privilege the text. This, this text is special. It has stood the test of time. Every critic in the world has tried to dismantle this text, and they've been unsuccessful. They'll never succeed because this is the word of God. And when I hear someone stand up who's on trend, and I mean, this was years ago. Okay, this wasn't like last week. This was Before years ago. Before people rolled their eyes at the mention of Andy Stanley, yeah. as they do now. Literally. Yes. It was, I don't preach it verse by verse because that's boring. And that set me on a quest of my own life because the Bible is inexhaustible. And unfortunately, when our minute, when our modern Christianity props up those kinds of talking heads, it actually influences others who think they can't speak that way or they won't have an audience if they take a stand when actually the converse is true. If you teach the word of God, you're going to have a growing church. If you teach the word of God, you're going to have a growing Bible study. Look at all the seminaries that are dying today. There's one common denominator. First, you have to be incompetent to work there, or you have to be transgender or a homosexual. Otherwise, you're unqualified to work in these liberal seminaries, and you have to be completely liberal. Every seminary that's dying in America is a liberal seminary. Hmm. I want to pretend that you have two minutes to say <laughs> anything you could possibly say to every pastor in America. A lot of pastors watch and listen to our show every day. Mm -hmm. And you kind of want to think that if you're tuning into our show, you know what time it is. You're, right. you're, you're probably not the, the khaki painted, uh, sweater vested uh, uh, schmuck that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. The guy that your sons look at and say, I definitely don't want to grow up and be like that guy when I'm that age. Yeah. I'm talking about. Right. That's probably not you, but just in case, and maybe even more so, for those pastors that are walking the narrow road mm -hmm. and the encouragement to finish the race, to not give up, right? Despite what is the current trajectory of the culture and our people mm -hmm. tuning in. I, when I, I, I remember listening to the late, great Aaron Rogers before he passed, Adrian Rogers before he passed away. I think I did to Aaron Rogers. <laughs> until I got football in the brain. Well, he's now the late, great Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Formerly great quarterback, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I listened to the late, great Adrian Rogers before he passed away and talking about... Uh, his first um, revival he tried to do as a pastor right at a seminary mm -hmm. and how discouraged he was that, you know, people weren't coming. And this is like one of the greatest figures right. in the history of the Southern Baptist Convention, you know, and even he expressed discouragement, right? So I would imagine the pastors in our audience that are trying to do what we're talking about, right? So two minutes, you have the floor. What would yeah. you say to them to keep them going? Pastor, you are the silent majority. You are the literally the guard at the city watch. You are holding back evil. You have a high and holy calling, the highest and holiest calling there is. And so I would encourage you in two minutes or less that, A, stay in the fight. Um, the Bible study, nefarious Bible study, Steve and I draw out the fact that God doesn't give us any armament for the backside. God wants us in the fight. Number two, we minister always from a cup that's filled, not a cup that's empty. So make sure you take time to practice uh, shalom for yourself. You want to just simply minister to your flock out of what God's already doing in your heart. I'm here today with Steve filming a Bible study. I'm in the center of God's will for my life, and I'm just I'm just dripping out what's our, what God's already filled up in the cup of my life. So make sure you don't negate the things that got you to where you are today. Stay true to the calling. And listen, stay true to your family, too. Our greatest ministry is to our wives. Our greatest ministry is to our children. So, you know, I grew up out of a out of this right wing 
kind of God will take care of your family, kill yourself for your ministry. And I had to throw off that that curse in my life. I realize now my first ministry is to Audrey. My first ministry is to Lily, Justin, Abel, Ryder, and Jax. And then God will take care of my ministry if I take care of my first calling. The final thing I would just say to you is the only thing outside of God that is said to be powerful and unstoppable is when we proclaim the gospel. And remember, Paul pronounced a curse on anyone who would take away from the word of God and anyone who would add to it. He said, let that man be, and you know the word pastor, anathema. Stay true to the word of God. The word of God will empower your ministry. We didn't sign up to be the most popular. We didn't sign up to have a following or be a a delivery um, system for celebrity Christianity. We signed up to teach the word of God in season and out of season. Keep it up. That's extremely well said, man. Thank you. And I want to say- And I say this to all of you when you send me notes about, hey, my pastor is doing it. My pastor is doing the thing. I always respond back this way in my inbox. And I want to say so right now on the show. You know, the the pastor who does that, James said, is worthy of double honor. That's right. Just like double double the responsibility. So make sure you're taking that guy out to lunch. Make sure you are blessing his ministry. You're praying for him and his family. You're blessing his wife and his children that you appreciate the time that he takes away from them for you and your congregation. Just be a blessing. If you have a pastor like that, particularly in this era, um, make sure you give him double the honor. And let me say this. We need to be praying for Steve Dace. I love this man. I've known this man for years. He's the real deal. And we need to be praying for Steve, Amy, the whole family, because I'm praying that God's going to raise up a whole new generation of Christian thinkers who follow in the ilk of what Steve Dace has been doing. Steve has shown you can be successful in mass media in the real world and be iron fisted for Christ. So we need to be praying for you just as much. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It has the making of this movie, and I mean, even when I, <laughs> the morning I got up to get on the plane to fly out here, okay, I just get up out of bed, man, I'm totally yeah. fine, and my back is all jacked up. I mean, yeah. the amount of challenges it has been to to do this has been, you know, I think I told you at dinner the other night, exhausting. Right. Next to raising, next to raising children, this is the most rewarding an exhausting experience that I have ever had, <laughs> but I, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I right. mean, the, the, the amount of people who have reached out to me to say, I mean, this movie changed my life. Right. Um, it, it helped me reach someone who I previously could not. Um, it, it helped me to understand grace, mercy, justice in ways I mm-hmm. previously did not. Um, in the end makes it all worth it. But I, I think that it's important for, you know, all of you to know, we're not going to, you know, scam you. If you do what we're talking about here, the enemy is not going to be like, oh, snap, that's yeah. adorable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got their stuff together. You know, haven't we tormented those poor saps enough? Leave those meat bags alone. That's not, no. No, he is going to come at you even harder. Right. Be, and so that is where, yes, um, being supportive of one another, praying for one another, is immensely important, immensely important. And being resourced and equipped. And honestly, that's why this Bible study is so needed. Nefarious is creating a conversation. It's a tool for us who, you know, think of the tribe of Issachar. I just thought of this. The men who understood the times and they knew what what Israel should do. That's the times in which we're living. So take the movie, take the Bible study. And listen, when you know who you are in Christ, what Steve, what you just said, it won't make anyone afraid, it'll motivate people. Yes. It's like, yes, I do need to get like, I, like when I when I got set to go a few months ago to Jack Hibbs Church, 
to present Nefarious before over 5,000 people. That, that's largely going to be the biggest crowd I'll ever speak in front of in my life, maybe. And, maybe. And maybe. We'll see. <laughs> and, but it's, as I'm literally getting dressed and my right ear goes out. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking to myself on the drive over there, this is going to be something. Right. I mean, you got to come at me that hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then I'm, you know, like the, like the apostle said, I'm going to count it all joy right. to suffer for the name. That's right. And I think that's where I want us to finish in the last two to three minutes we have. There is, you know, we in the church point out that our culture views submission as a dirty word. Mm -hmm. And that's why they don't understand a lot of the biblical worldview. I would argue within the church, we view suffering as a, as a, as a dirty word. Mm -hmm. And that's why we don't understand a biblical worldview ourselves. I mean, the, the scriptures messianically, prophetically refer to Christ as the suffering servant. Right. Right. I mean, he suffers torture to the point passion of, just, of the Christ yes. literally means the suffering yes. of Christ. Yes. <laughs> and yet, and I, and, and there is still a notion that exists and, I, and maybe it's uniquely challenging as Americans because of the comfort we can afford and the, and the things that we can afford, you know, we're complaining and it, 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 don't get me wrong. It's a fire. It's a valid complaint, but we're complaining that we're spending seven, $800 more a month for things than we were a few years ago. Much of this world doesn't make seven, $800 right. a month, let alone worry about spending more than that. Right. right. And I think that our people are kind of soft, mm -hmm. and, but it's not their fault. Yeah. How will they hear the word if no one will teach it to them? Right. They haven't been told that the day that you walked into grace, the battle was actually just beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's ultimately what our curriculum is about when it comes out here shortly. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you take the time that we have left and kind of summarize that however you want. Absolutely. We want to resource and equip you to be like Paul, where no matter what you're facing, think about Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He asked the Lord three times to remove this thorn from his flesh. And then he realized Jesus, who he heard in oracular form, Steve, it wasn't an impression on his heart. He heard the voice of Jesus say, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Let Steve and I come along. We're in the fight with you and guide you by the hand through the spiritual warfare that you are facing by equipping and resourcing you to know your enemy, but finally to know who you are in Jesus Christ, that you can put on the full armor of God to stand against Satan and his evil schemes, to put up the shield of faith, to extinguish all the lies, not some, all the lies of the evil one so that we can stand for our faith and then pass on uh, really what I'm about, passing on a legacy of faith to our kids and grandkids. That's what we want to do for you. That's why we're here. That's why we've done the nefarious Bible study. You've got to check it out. Amen. I should have told you this before we started filming. That is a pretty sharp getup. Thank you. You look, hey, did you, are you going to show the audience as we close? Oh yeah, your, I got to show you this. Yes, they got off the camera can pick this up. They like customize this for me with all the kinds nefarious of like, jacket. nefarious swag inside the jag. It's very cool. Nefarious right. merch. So we're looking forward to it. Looking forward to you guys getting a chance to take a part of this, uh, take part, I should say, not take a part. Uh, take part in this curriculum when it comes out here very soon. Uh, know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study coming your way. In fact, coming your way now. It is out now. You can get the uh, Bible study, the book at Amazon.com. Order it there. Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. Code for the videos that you can either download or stream is inside the book at uh, nefariousbiblestudy.com. And gentlemen, your thoughts? Well, I, I like how it strikes a balance. Uh, it, it goes there uh, in a matter that I think is of crucial importance uh, but then it also talks about the duty uh, on the other side. 
because when it brings up pastors, the, the, the conversation is there about why aren't, why aren't we hearing this in our own church? Uh, well, if you're going to ask questions about that uh, it, before they get overly accusatorial, ultimately you need to look at the beam in your own eye and you talk about, you know, are you, what kind of relationship do you have with your pastor? Are you inviting them into your home? Are you, are you tending to their needs? I, I think um, th that's an important part about all this because we on this show talk all the time about how pastors are uh, failing this nation and in many respects uh, they are, but uh, the average uh, churchgoer is just often just as guilty because they have a level of uh, expectation that never seems to be a two-way street. What are you doing on your end to supplement their ministry? So I think if you're going to do very, very, very hard things like a good Bible study must be doing in these days, you also must be feeding the sheep in a way that that keeps them there instead of uh you know running away tapping out seems like you're striking the right balance right there i have been consistent i think ever since i saw i think it was the rough cut you had a few guys come over to your house and watch the rough cut yeah of, of the movies yeah um i've been very consistent watching that watching the final cut watching it in theaters uh watching it uh, a, a couple of times very consistent in saying, and I believe this is still true, the movie demands a verdict. It demands an answer. If you go in there, like the few tweets that I saw the opening weekend of, uh, I think it was Young Women who came in there, and I thought this was a, this was a, a horror film, but it's chock full of, of <laughs> right-wing propaganda. That's, yes. a, that's a verdict, and, and they walked out. That's a verdict. Mm -hmm. If you go in there and you, and you are affirmed, and it confirms for you that evil is real. It also demands a verdict as well. What am I prepared to do in my own life to confront evil? What are ways that evil is impacting me or uh, influencing me that maybe I need to shore up? Or if you walk in and watch the movie and you didn't think evil was real, but now you're convinced that it is, or at least you're confronted with the possibility that it might be real. That's a verdict as well. The perfect compliment and I think this is executed well in this Bible study. What to do if you're in those final two groups, those latter two groups? I think this Bible study will do and is doing effectively. What do we do about evil? Is evil real? And, and if so, how do I need to change my own life? I think that's executed perfectly. And you, you got a little preview of that in uh, today's Theology Thursday. Well, thank you very much. And uh I really, I, I, maybe I said this already. If I did, forgive me. I got a, a huge kick. I had a woman come up to me when I was in Dallas at one of the speaking events I did last week. And, and she said to me, uh, I've, I've never been able to get my son to do a Bible study before, but uh, he loved Nefarious and we watched it together. And that's, you know, that's opened the door to a lot of spiritual conversations I was kind of hoping we could have. And he heard about this and he's like, hey, you know, let's do this. And this is going to be the, the first Bible study he's ever done. I've had a few other people email me and say, hey, this is going to be the first Bible study I've ever done. Um, I'm Catholic. That's a joke. I was, had to throw that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Inbox. Engage. Yes. Nice. Did you like what I did there? Nice. Nice, yeah. 
right. tough but fair. We all, everybody was just getting along too good here today. Somebody had to do something about that. All right. No, but I, in seriousness, I have gotten several notes from people. First time I've ever done a Bible study. Looking forward to it. And uh, we're honored to hear that. I mean, that's outstanding. So thank you. Uh, Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study available now. Purchase it in Amazon now. And thank you to all who have. And we'll come back in a moment with three non-political questions. Stay tuned. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Eden Pure and their outstanding thunderstorm air purifier, which has received so many five-star reviews online and quite a few five-star reviews here from within the audience because they, well, like I said a minute ago, they're outstanding. I mean, I use them in my own home when the need arises, and they're not air fresheners, but purifiers. Uh, they get rid of the, and because of that, they get rid of what's causing those strong odors, whether it's uh, cooking or litter boxes, trash cans, teenage sweat, um, cigarette smoke, or even that mildew in the basement that just has never gone away. It will now. And you never have filters to replace, either out of pocket or out of your own time and expense. Uh, and right now, you can get a three-pack for whole home protection. So every level of your home or maybe your home and your office and all three units are under 200 bucks plus free shipping. Can't beat it. All three units for under 200 bucks and free shipping. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve to get that offer. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. Again, EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. It is now time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on The Steve Day Show. Indeed, it is time for three non-political questions. And for that, we welcome in my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you. Nice sweatshirt. Thank you. Zoe, my sister, got it for me. That's sweet. That's cute that she bought that for you. How are you feeling? Way better. Good. I have hit that period. It was just a little bit longer than everybody was. Everybody was kind of juking me out. It seemed like a little bit. <laughs> I was like, when's the spirit going? But I'm feeling way better. So you've really hit that am. second uh, trimester buzz now, finally? Yeah. yeah. Where okay. I can like actually eat like real foods now and... Not strange, awkward combinations at all hours yeah. of the evening and yeah. wake up sick to your stomach every morning and all that yeah. other stuff. Thankfully, I'm in the I'm in the good stage. I'm eating a lot of pizza with barbecue sauce. Okay. Well, <laughs> I know it's that. really no different than how I was before. I was going to say, this is how much different than the other stage, actually. But okay. All right. You got the questions this week. Let's see if we have answers. All right. My first question for you guys is what is your favorite and least favorite part of this job? My my favorite part of this job is a tie. If, if it's okay, I got to pick a tie. Um, I enjoy doing this with these guys a lot. Um, I love the, the 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 tone. I mean, I just I just enjoy the vibe that we have. I just enjoy. Um, doing it with these guys. The other favorite part is every time someone will come to me and say, um, 
I was far away from God or I'd kind of given up on the church or faith and, or, um, I didn't grow up in a home where this was taught and I didn't know a lot of this stuff. And, and what you guys do has caused me to reevaluate, you know, or even commit the other way from where I was. And, uh, given that that's the, the prime directive of this show is the, um, the highlighting and, and utilization and promotion of a biblical worldview, you know, that's, that's why we do what we do. So those two things I would say are my favorites. The, the least favorite part of this job for me, um, and I get more used to it as I get older because it happens routinely, but I, I, I've just had, <clears throat> I mean, you knew, maybe you noticed growing up, I don't know. I mean, I tried to keep you guys as, um, shielded from what I did when you were growing up as possible. Mm-hmm. So you, could have, you could have as much of just a normal childhood as possible, but you might have noticed that there would be periods of time that people would be in our home a lot, and then suddenly, we're not. Poof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the people who maybe then they were not, and then they were back, and then maybe we're gone again. Yeah. You know? And the um, the amount of people either in our own lives or that within the audience that you interact with that no matter how many, how much credibility and stuff you built up with them previously, your one decision or one position or one stance away from you're a rhino, you're a fake Christian, you're the worst ever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and even for me, I'm pretty thick skinned and I don't really go out of my way to please the mob just as a default setting. I'm not, I don't really care, but it is still the least enjoyable part of my job is, you know, cause from my vantage point, I am just doing the same thing I was always doing, following the truth where I think it leads and acting on it. Doesn't mean I'm all right. Doesn't mean I'm, I have a perfect mm-hmm. record. I don't, but that is always the same mission for me. And, and so from my perspective, it seems like, you know, kind of like what Paul says to the church in Galatia, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. So when I told you the truth and it, it benefited the outcome or the narrative that you favored uh, or the idol that you worshiped, you were cool with it. And then when it didn't, now I'm the worst person ever when I didn't really change at all. I just followed what I thought was the truth. If, if I'm wrong, tell me where I'm wrong. But most of the time they can't. Most of the time it's just... You know, because I don't like it. Yeah. Love my monkey, which is a cultural reference. You probably are too young to know, but Todd would know. Yeah. Todd, what about you? How would you answer that? Well, my, the things I like are identical. I actually had the same two running neck and neck. And especially when you talk about the, you know, I don't think you, it's, it's very natural and organic, but like the, the way Steve clearly like opens this up for fun with uh like self-deprecation and you know it's which is you know a, a guy's locker room you know, is very very much like but it you know um it's that that's a, a generosity of spirit um to to to, to be uh that uh playful to be you know it you know aaron came into this uh uh, you know, young and green, uh, j- just, uh, now he's older and crankier than we just are Just starting out. You know, <laughs> Steve and I had known each other for a long time and we're, we're definitely friends, but our, 
our relationship has just come so far since I've been uh, on the show and the amount of autonomy he gave both Aaron and I very early on to like you know to go for it we're not here to I don't just like sit, you know sit there and do the safety dance absolutely go for it in all ways the highs the lows the laughs that that's that's a huge deal uh the the thing I I like the least is the i mean when you you get a microphone and but i i say it over and over and you heard me like trying to find in this day and age the the right syntax to say the thing that must be said in a way that will actually like 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 um like uh, joshua and the people how many times do you you know you go around the city how many times and it seems like it's redundant and no not five not six not you, the right way to break down and actually smash the idols so that the wall comes cutting down because man the idols good grief i mean the way people like it's steve hit on this the tracking with us one day and then we step on the, the wrong thing and you know how, how dare you i mean when you have you know whole people people talk about um their generation uh and resenting the fact that we brought up their generation i it's real that's the toughest thing i think for me it's it's pretty similar to todd and steve's but but more specifically it's when we laugh um and it's it's just deeper than how oh, that's uh fun chuckle hut uh hit a dopamine laughter um it's not appropriate every day, and if we came in here and it was just a laugh track for two hours, we would obviously not be sober people. But in the midst of increasingly dark times, when there are moments when we do get to laugh, I do think it is, <laughs> even if it's at Lindsey Graham's expense, I, I do think it is evidence to some degree, not completely, of, of the hope that we really do have still. Um, but on a more kind of banal level, Todd's laugh when he's like almost about to run out of oxygen because he can't breathe. That's great. Steve, when he tries to pull a fast one on Todd and starts laughing, that's great as well. <laughs> um, but that's it's laughter was probably the best part of this job. Um, least favorite part. I'm going to go kind of kind of selfish. It's I have I have great tools around me. But when when it comes to pass that they malfunction like yesterday, uh, that that's probably the least favorite because I'm trying to get the content out to you, the listener, as soon as I possibly can. And 85% of the time, um, I do. Well, I, I would say 95% of the time I do. 85% of the time that I don't, it's because I was seriously making an effort to. Uh, but uh, that's probably the least favorite. And that if that's the least favorite part of the job, that's a pretty stinking good job. That's not bad. Not a bad gig. All right, before we get to the next two questions, a word about our friends over at, at Miracle Made Sheets. And man, I told you these things shined in the summertime with the heat. We had one of the hottest summers we've had in recent years here in Iowa this year. Well, we've had this like crazy week of fall weather, man. It was, you know, coat weather a few, uh, last week. It was, you know, open the windows and upper 70s and 80 the other day. Now it's going to be like 40 degrees high. Maybe you were telling me, Anna, snow. Possible snow this Possible weekend. Possible snow this weekend. And so temperature regulation this time of year with all this going on not easy unless you've got these sheets man these things are unbelievable inspired by nasa using silver infused fabrics that make temperature regulating bedding so you sleep at the perfect temperature all night long i mean 
I, I've just been even more impressed uh, with, the, with using these over the last week or so, given the, the temperature variations and the weather here. They're also self-cleaning, by the way. Uh, that same silver helps to prevent about 99.7% uh, of bacterial growth that uh, can linger uh, on your sheets. So they stay fresher about three times longer than other sheets as well. If you want to give them a shot, trymiracle.com slash Dace is where you want to go. And, and yes, I've, I've bragged on their functional capabilities, but let's not bury the lead here. These things are really comfy. <laughs> All right. So trymiracle.com slash Dace is where you want to go. You'll save over 40%. And if you use our promo code Dace at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20% as well. All right. Miracle so confident that this is going to work for you. They're going to give you a 30-day money-back guarantee if you're not 100% satisfied. TryMiracle.com, discount code DACE. TryMiracle.com, discount code DACE. Okay, second question. What is, if anything, so what's something, if anything, that you have regretted saying on the show or tweeting? Oh, I'll start. Go ahead. <laughs> I really don't want to say this again, but <laughs> anything having to do positively with Evan McMuffin. Oh, yeah. For the record, I've been accused of supporting him. No, you that, didn't. That you did not happen. Daryl, uh, yeah. the, the Constitution guy. Did, yeah, yeah I voted for the Constitution Party when I was never Trump. But we put him on the air that night. And I told you guys when we got off the air, I was like, oh, I'm not getting a good vibe. Yeah. So I did, I did not support him, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. I've seen the, the pictures up recently, and I don't know why. Maybe there's some new outcome in a trial or something. But back, which year was it when the... Um, uh, the march for life and the uh, the you know the the kid who got oh, thrown Nick Sandman oh yeah Sandman, Nicholas Nick, Sandman yeah. Nick Sandman you know again uh, you know reading the early reports uh, young Catholic uh, school group going there you know in my mind and the the way the picture was shot for a matter of you know hours there I was like you were I, like I, do better yeah I was yeah. absolutely do better kid and. and I, I and I, I I said listen I was wrong this kid was set up but initially uh, yeah uh, can we all see a bunch of douchey uh, high school boys Catholic or otherwise going up there and you know not wanting to start a race war but like yeah something that could have happened but it it was clearly that this kid's poor awkward smile was ultimately you know used as a noose around his neck and i was absolutely wrong even for a couple hours to just say you know stop being a, you're you're there to represent your faith be better i was wrong that's well put i i, I mean I've, I've made a ton of mistakes but i'm trying to think of which one was like debilitating in a way that i'd want to undo it you know what i'm trying mm -hmm. to say um i'm i'm gonna go i guess with what's kind of my reoccurring greatest professional regret is that i didn't speak up and lose my poop when we falsely got accused of stealing the Iowa caucuses from a candidate that never actually campaigned in the Iowa caucuses. And I, I was sitting here seething privately, as you guys know and remember, but didn't think it was my place. You might remember... We, we the 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 first debate that I was that I was not a part of was the New Hampshire debate, and we were all going to sit down on that Saturday and watch the New Hampshire primary debate as a family. And you guys, you know, and Zoe all sat on the couch together. And we were to watch the debate. Do you remember this? Vaguely. Okay. And I finally had had enough of the apology tour and we, how how weak we looked. And I texted Ted right before that debate, 
for the love of God, please do not apologize to Ben Carson again. And if, and if it comes up at this debate, look at Ben Carson and say, you know what, Ben, on second thought, I do apologize. I apologize that I worked your ass in Iowa. You never campaigned in Iowa. And that's why we kicked your ass. So I apologize for that because that's what Trump would say and people would cheer. And that's why he's beating us. The debate starts. First question. I don't even remember this, but I know we were, I had to know we were all sitting on the couch. Yes. Our hands were shaking. First question of the entire debate. Ted, uh, can you apologize to Ben Carson for stealing the uh, Iowa caucuses from him? And Ted just turns around and apologizes again. And I have the remote in my hand. Do you remember this? I and I threw it at the television as hard as I possibly could. I cannot believe nothing broke. I probably selectively took this out of my and then you And you looked at Zoe and Anna. No, you looked at Zoe and Noah and you had that where your face, where your eyes get all big. Okay. And you looked at Zoe and Noah and said, we got to go guys. And you took your brother and sister out of the room. All right. So that, that's my answer to every professional regret. I go back to that moment right there. Yes. Go ahead. And then my last question for you guys is what is the number one thing that will get on your nerves immediately? Like it happens and automatically you're like, all right, I'm pissed. People, uh, when I'm, when I am brutally honest and people think they have to then translate what I really meant, that will, no, no. Or lying to me. Those two things. I know you hate. Yeah. Don't lie to me. Makes me, you're treating me like a schmuck when you lie to me. Those two things. Todd, quickly. Slow walking pedestrians. Get (laughs) Out of the road. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I've come around to as well, uh, Todd. But I, I'll say um, stupid drivers. Uh, they're uh, everywhere and with increasing frequency, I've noticed. So uh, particularly those who like to tailgate right right on your tailgate. I, I'm done. Sick of those people. Uh, there's a special spot in hell, I'm convinced. For, for tailgaters, tailgates. the seventh, the tailgater <laughs> yep. ring. Do not ever drive with my wife. She is a magnet for terrible drivers, is she not? (laughs) If there are bad drivers on the road, I I am here to proclaim Amy Ramsey Dace will find them. All right? They flock to her. Getting in a car with her means we're going to find some morons on the road, no matter where you're at, every time. Right is right. Yes. All right. Good to see you, Princess. Thank you. Good to see you, too. All right. We're back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.